0: chapter eight of france to scandinavia by frank g carpenter this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by betty b paris at work come with me and take a look at paris at work we are accustomed to viewing a city as one only of pleasure and fashion and art spiced with such exhibitions of vice as are nowhere else to be seen the truth is that these are only the froth on the surface the bubbles that sparkle in the champagne the real paris is serious and sensible home-loving and modest and engrossed beyond all other great centres in getting a living and laying a nest full of eggs for the future during my many visits here i have yet to find a quarter in which work is not going on the streets are thronged with traffic tramcars and great motor buses with fronts like locomotive snow plows are jammed with laborers and clerks going to and from the shops taxicabs rushing like fury whiz in and out amid big motor trucks loaded with boxes and bales great farm carts in from the country and drawn by two or three huge percheron horses fight for their places among donkey wagons and motorcycles even men are harnessed up and dragging goods through the streets the vehicles are legion and all move on the run it makes no difference in what quarter of the city whether on the boulevards or the side streets there is no safety for the foot passengers and the visitor is on the continual dodge to avoid being run over by paris at work few people have any idea of the enormous work done in paris the city is looked upon as the center of gaiety and fashion not only for france but for other nations as well and it is common saying that all the world comes to paris to shop the american sees a crowd of loafers old and young strutting up and down the boulevards and the fashionable well-dressed throng of ladies and gentlemen driving on the champs elysees and in the bois de boulogne and thinks that this is paris the real paris is a great beehive of industry with tens of thousands of individual workshops and great factories outside making steel and iron machinery railway and building materials Airplanes and Automobiles. Only this week I visited one establishment, which covers more than 120 acres and has 16,000 hands as busy as nailers. It has 70 acres of buildings and is rushed with orders. It makes automobiles, trucks and buses, tractors, motorcycles, and almost everything that goes upon wheels with gasoline as a fuel. I refer to the great Renault factory, which turns out an expensive high-class car during the war it had tens of thousands of men employed on munitions and motor transportation now it has turned from the sword to the plowshare and with standardized methods manufactures for peace there is another motor car factory known as the Citroen, devoted to cars like our flivvers, only of a lower horsepower and with a much finer body it is running to its capacity yet cannot supply the demand. Other war factories are making typewriters, farming machinery, furniture, paper, or building materials for recreated France. In Paris itself, there are numerous manufacturing centers, each ward having its own branch of industry. One district, for instance, has leather shops and carriage shops, and another is devoted to making new bodies and designing equipment for automobiles. At grenelle there are chemical works and at st denis clichy st ouen and pantin are sugar refineries breweries and boot and shoe factories paris specializes in luxury products such as jewelry dresses furs and costly novelties the city manufactures also clocks and bronzes fine porcelains wallpapers and tapestries it is famous for its embroideries dress trimmings and artificial flowers and it has dye works glass works and chemical factories indeed paris makes everything under the sun from pins to locomotives from buttons to flying machines and from gloves to beautiful gowns it has more than twenty thousand women who are engaged on parts of ladies dresses and they turn out a product worth about ten million dollars a year it has thousands working on corsets not only for paris but for all parts of france and for shipment abroad it has five thousand furniture shops each employing three or four hands the furniture does not compare in durability with ours made by machinery but it is exquisitely carved and a great deal is gilded there are two thousand shops here making watches to the value of five million dollars per annum and other thousands making articles de paris which means notions and fancy goods of all sorts including jewelry artificial flowers and dainty bits of leather, horn, bone, and ivory. In fact, the French are producing almost anything one can imagine, and they make everything well. No wonder Paris is the world's great shopping center. Of course, one of the biggest and best-known industries here is the making of millinery and gowns for the rich and fashionable. Just now, the best market is the United States, and every American woman who passes through carries home Parisian frocks and hats, those who have several should watch out for the customs according to our tariff laws no person can bring into the united states more than one hundred dollars worth of new unworn clothes without paying duty the inspectors examines one baggage and there is no way of avoiding the tax without lying smuggling today is more difficult than it was in the past formerly thousands of rich americans came to paris once a year to replenish their wardrobes and the wealthiest often went back with eight or ten trunks filled with dresses. Many would not even wear the dresses before sailing, and others would put on a half-dozen different frocks in a day, discarding each in a few minutes in order to declare that it had been worn. Some sewed old labels into their gowns, and there were other schemes to make the new things look old. It costs $100 or more to get even a woolen gown made by one of the best Paris dressmakers and costumes of velvet or silk range from $200 upward. Lower prices may be put on the bills which the tourists take home, but our customs officers are watchful, and such frauds are usually detected. Paris sets the fashions for all over the world. Most of our large stores send over their buyers for gowns, hats, and other Paris specialties to be sold the next season. These buyers will take home only one dress or hat of a kind to show in the windows and then seek orders for copies such articles are called models and making them is a regular business they are designed by the great artists in the famous dressmaking houses where there are exhibitions to which the american buyers are invited by card these occasions are quite ceremonial and beautiful women employed for the purpose walk back and forth wearing the gowns while the buyers pick out those they think will appeal to the american market one famous dressmaker this year showed his creations at a supper given in a beautiful garden where the mannequins walked out among the tables later there were exhibitions of the same models for individual purchasers and copies are subject to sale or export by the establishment in which they originate one can pay almost anything she pleases for a fine gown in paris the great dressmakers are artists and charge artists prices for their specialized skill the average frenchwoman however does not patronize them nor does she set foot on the rue de la paix except to go window-shopping among the gorgeous jewels displayed on each side of the street indeed she hardly knows where worth callot jenny or paquin are unless by some lucky chance She has an invitation to their exhibitions of new styles each season. She never thinks of buying hats or gowns at the big houses. If she is fairly well off, she studies the style books and photographs of the frocks designed by these masters and then goes to her own little dressmaker who lives three or four flights up on a court in a back street. Together they plan out and copy the famous model she chooses. In this way, she gets her dress for one fourth the price. An American woman told me this week how she waited in a dressmaking establishment, while one of the Paris society leaders, the wife of a prominent French newspaper owner, explained to the dressmaker just how many steel buttons there were to be on each side and how many loops of ribbon were to be tacked on the back of the gown she had ordered. The lady had been to a Worth exhibition and picked out the design, but the little dressmaker made the costume the other day i went with my daughter who has been living in paris the last two years to buy a new gown she has learned thrifty methods in france and the establishment we visited had no sign facing the street it is just like one of thousands whence come the clothes not of the actresses or the wives and daughters of rich profiteers but of the frenchwomen in moderate circumstances who must now make every franc count we directed our taxi to a narrow street in the business section of paris the dressmaker lived on a court and we climbed up three flights of stairs because the house had not even one of the pill boxes that serve as elevators in many french business buildings madame marie met us with a smile she brought out her models and her pictures of the new fashions the material of the dress had already been chosen and the wholesale dealer had sent in a bolt of lovely brown velvet to be tried for the effect then the little fitter mademoiselle jean was called in and under her magic the beautiful creation grew before our eyes like the mango tree of the hindus jean threw an end of velvet over my daughter's shoulder she put a pin here and made a tuck there and presto there sprang into being a copy of one of the most famous dresses recently designed by one of the masters a twist of another kind of material formed a draped sleeve and within five minutes we had in the mirror the gown as it would look when completed the french seldom have patterns and each dress is made as it were on its future wearer i am told it is the same with fine headgear. there are ready-made hats such as one sees in the windows but the artistic paris milliner builds his hat on the head of the buyer the scissors clip out the lines most becoming and with a plentiful supply of pins a bend in this place and a twist in that the trick is done. End of chapter 8